Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Don't you love an extra $100 in your pocket? Have a TurboTax expert file your taxes for you by March 31st to get $100 back instantly. Because no matter what moves you made last year, TurboTax makes them count. That means getting $100 back and 100% accurate taxes only from Intuit TurboTax. Must file by 331. Credit only applicable to federal filing fees with TurboTax full service. Offer can be modified or terminated at any time. Spin your passion into a business with Shopify and break sales records with the world's best converting checkout. Let's hear that one more time. The world's best converting checkout. Shopify's legendary checkout makes it easier for customers to shop on your website, across social media, and everywhere in between. Now that's music to your ears. Any way you spin it, you can be a smash hit with Shopify. Start your dollar a month trial today at shopify.com slash records. Every fan knows the right player in the right position can be a game changer. Put LifeLock between your identity and identity thieves to monitor and alert you to threats you could miss. Plus, with a U.S.-based restoration specialist on your team, you won't have to face drained accounts, fraudulent loans, or other losses from identity theft alone. All backed by the LifeLock Million Dollar Protection Package. Change the game on identity theft. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com slash aware. Let's party like it's 1999, everybody. Welcome to the Football Ramble Preview Show, sponsored by Betfair. West Ham won at Arsenal and Sheffield United are off to the Etihad. It's Friday 29th of December. I'm Marcus Speller. I'm Jim Campbell. And I'm Andy Russell. Oh, we may be in the Christmas paradigm, but it's still Friday and it still bangs Jim Campbell. It does. It's the, the, one of the best Fridays you're going to get because in a way every day is Friday and Saturday and who knows what day it is. So, <laughs> <laughs> My giddy aunt. Jim, you were the one for, for my money that... Um, that came up with the name Christmas Perineum. Um, I I doubt that's true, but I'm I'm happy that you and, and a few people uh-huh. seem to think that I've I've coined that phrase. I saw yeah. the sort of incomparable Susie Dent refer to it as the <laughs> Merineum the other day, which I think is Whoa, that's, that, nice. that's going to take some topping. Yeah. Uh huh. Well, we're we're all very merry um, in this uh, part of the year. Looking forward to the new year, of course. Uh, before. We uh, talk about what happened last night and then look ahead to the weekend's action. Our Toshiba competition starts today, everybody. We are giving you the chance to win a brand new 50-inch Toshiba Fire QLED TV. And we're giving away three of the buggers, everybody. Not just one, three. Three different winners. You can't have, you can't have like a one on each wall in your living room. That would be naughty. Um, To enter, listen to the very end of the show after the adverts where Pete Donaldson will be on hand to tell you how to enter. 
we'll be announcing the winner of our first TV on Tuesday's show and then starting another draw for TV number two that very same day. So stay tuned. And yes, you did hear right, Tuesday's show, of course, next week due to the uh, the calendar and all that. So yeah, marvellous stuff. Wait till Pete beckons you in to the games room and gives you a chance uh, to win the TV after uh, the show. My goodness, Jim, it's it's Christmas every day at the Ramble. It wasn't Christmas, though, at the Emirates last night for Arsenal fans. They lost 2-0 to West Ham, Jim. Yeah, very, very frustrating um, from an Arsenal perspective. Um, from what I could hear among the burps and the grunts from the away end, I think they were happy. Um, but, but it was um, an absolutely brilliant, note-perfect defensive display from West Ham. I've, I've rarely seen teams defend as well as that at the Emirates, even in the bad old days. It was just so perfectly executed. And they were just, they didn't put a foot wrong in, in terms of that. Now, Arsenal had, I think it was 77 touches in the box. That's the most in a Premier League game without the attacking team scoring ever. That's right. Yeah. And I'm not surprised by that, having watched the game, because... Arsenal spent a lot of time in West Ham's box and West Ham were very, very comfortable with that situation. They just completely packed it, just shut down every sort of passing lane. It was very, very difficult for, for Arsenal to get shots of any sort of meaningful quality off. I think they had 30, but very few of them actually, you know, as I say, were of high quality. Most of them were straight at the goalkeeper because there was so much pressure on the attacking player each time. I think there's a, a, a couple of things at play. I think... There are some key players for Arsenal that are underperforming at the moment. I would say Martin Odegaard was the only attacking player that really um, played to his, his his best standard. Uh, so that was a contributing factor. And the, the first goal was calamitous. The second goal was was just excellent um, attacking play from, from one of our former players, which is just, it's the sort of thing where people say, oh, you couldn't write it. It's like, you could write it, you but it done. would be a sort of Guy Ritchie style, um, yeah. you know, script by the end of it. With that non-celebration, he was very much the uh, Arsenal's version of Scott Sinclair, wasn't he? Oh, that was that's oh, yeah. the worst one. Scott moment. Sinclair is the worst one when he was was he on? He wasn't on loan to Swansea. He had it's Swansea yeah. Swansea signed him permanently yeah, from Chelsea. Right. He barely kicked a first team ball for Chelsea. Scores against yeah. them. Not just doesn't he didn't do a non-celebration. He he apologised, and it's like come on. But that was Mavropanos, wasn't it? He was he was Cristiano Ronaldo scoring away at Sporting. Yeah. Oh, he didn't apologise, oh, though. That's what he was. Actually, sorry, yes, Ronaldo's the worst one uh, for doing as that. As is so enough. often the case. Well, I mean, he, he has to be the most outstanding example, doesn't no, he? No, no, what you mean he's, is he's the most dislikable one. That's what you mean, isn't it? Because Correct. He, made his, he made his club a fortune and he won a title there. So yep. uh, it's slightly yeah. different to Mavropanos and Scott Sinclair. But yeah. Mavropanos watchers over the last couple of years will have... <laughs> Looked at him. Where are you? And thought, defensively, okay, I've got my questions. But he's a really good finisher for a defender. Uh, and, and, yeah. he, and he proved it all over again. He scored some absolute bangers from Stuttgart. And West Ham fans have got that to look forward to later down the line. A few like blockbusters from outside the penalty box. And with the players mm. they're going to lose in January, <laughs> they mm. might need a few of those, right? And is he, the, is he the new Philippe Albert for the Premier League? Oh, yes, I like that. I like that. Yeah. I think you see. I was I was thinking Alex from 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 Chelsea, but you know, mm. same time. You're basing it on that one absolute raspberry score at Stamford Bridge in the top corner. Yeah, I'm basing it and entirely on that. Yeah. If you're basing it entirely on that, Andy, I'm with you. I'm with you on this uh, <laughs> funny little train. Uh, it's a great win for West Ham. A great win for David Moyes, though, Andy. We know yeah. he's tried and tried to win away at the big clubs. 
and he's finally done it. I mean, in terms of the Emirates just itself, Andy, 22 visits, he hadn't won there. But, I mean, it's a much wider stat, if you like. That doesn't really make sense, but go with me. It's a much wider picture with Moyes going away to the to the top teams, as we know. But he's finally done it. Yeah, although he was insisting to Gabby Logan afterwards that he'd sure he'd won there before really doing, <laughs> doing nothing more than underline she's like we've checked it twice yeah, in, in the Santa tradition uh, we checked the list twice uh, I and, think you'll and, find Gabby we, we won the Emirates Cup we won the Emirates Cup three times and then she uh, she got in, a, been in, invited, in rear, the, the one you're talking about where Stephen Pienaar scored it was, it was, it was actually a, a 2-2 draw just simply underlining the fact ah. that football journalists remember mm. football footballers yeah. and football managers careers much better than than they do but when Jim was describing um the, the feeling of frustration and West Ham defending their own box the thing that I couldn't get out of my head is the old epithet of the tartan Diego Simeone I, I think it's you know Ooh. it never fitted better than it did last night because it's it's not like you know, you know when you describe a perfect away defensive performance, you describe mm. something that's quite chanceless. You know where the keeper doesn't really have anything to do. And Arsenal mm. did have their chances, and yeah. the, uh, uh, like Jim was saying, they just looked at a little bit below sharpness. They really missed Kai Havertz, which is something that you wouldn't have predicted two and yeah. a half months ago. I, I think it's is 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 fair to say, but it's it's a dangerous time for this to happen because I think you look at it overall. Arsenal is still in a really great position. They've got a really great squad. They've spent a lot over the last couple of years. And there'll be this temptation, I think, to say, look, and everyone's already talking about it. This is a huge transfer window. This is a huge summer, uh, winter transfer window for Arsenal where, you know, this could be the transfer window that um, that wins them the league. I, I, I don't know about that. You know, you could go, go Newcastle and Espria and David Batty and just, you know, get all a bit superfluous. The main part of what Arsenal do is is really good. And I think just one, not quite freak result, but unexpected result, I suppose you could say, semi-unexpected result in a period where you've got a shitload of fixtures and some weird results happen. Mm-hmm. I don't think you should overreact to that. Excellent as West Ham were. Yeah, yeah I, I think the, the issue is one of form rather than personnel mm. really I mean there are obviously injuries to factor in but every club has that and you have to factor that into the makeup of your squad and there were absolutely warnings of this in the Carabao Cup when West Ham were quite comfortably the better team um, in quite different circumstances but in um, in a performance that really had echoes of, of what happened at the weekend and I completely agree it was a, the sort of perfect away performance from from David Moyes and from from West Ham defensively they just they they did what everybody knew they were going to do they were compact at the back they played with a low block they they tried to just sort of um win transitions and then then hit Arsenal on the break and it's frustrating that it was very obvious that that was, was what's going to happen and then it just worked perfectly like that as well the, going back to the David Moyes um points against the sort of bigger clubs in away games thing as well it's that's one of the most frustrating things about it for me because he's proven time and time again um, particularly with the success they had in Europe last season that he doesn't need those points he doesn't know what to do with those points it's like giving it's like giving air miles to a fish like it's it's pointless it's it's completely pointless he doesn't need them we need them we've already given them 105 million quid they want points as well yeah it's outrageous. Millionaire finds it's 20 ungrateful. quid Ungrateful. Yeah, that kind of thing. Yeah, it's annoying. It's fine, but you mentioned there, Jim, um, just to have a little uh, um, 
pop off in a different direction for a moment. You use the term low block. I know it's one that that people use a lot nowadays, and I'm I genuinely lose no sleep and, and I don't get angry with football expressions changing. When did we start using low block? I always say they played deep. They had it. They had it's probably last two or three years. I think so. I mean, These phrases around... come and go, don't they? Do you remember yeah. for a time everyone was describing a canny bit of play as cute? Yes. It's becoming like a sort of epidemic. That's right. That seems to have shuffled along. I imagine yep. low block is similar. Yeah, you. Quite, I mean, I've, again, I've no problem with it at all, and I know it's been around for a little while. But it, it, it was mentioned a couple of times. I started, and I was pondering this, and then you said, and I thought, this is my chance to ask some people <laughs> who might help. I think. Me I out. think the main thing, Marcus, is we can all agree that West Ham are in a great moment. They're a great moment, Andy. Absolutely. But we should talk about the first goal because there is. Um, uh, a lot of chat around that. Uh, I mean, accusations of another conspiracy, although usually people who accuse um, a, a situation of being involved in a conspiracy are dickheads, quite frankly. So <laughs> yes. I don't think we should worry about that. <laughs> but nice, um, yeah. but Bowen, yeah, I mean, again, it, it, obviously his leg is, is, um, is in the way, so the camera can't tell. It does look out, but of course you can't, Say it what for for certain. Well, this is it, isn't it? And if you can't, if you don't, I've got no problem with it to be honest. Because if you don't know, yeah, you can't guess. We don't yeah. want people guessing. Mm. You you cannot mm. build that into the the way these things are judged. That's how it is. It's funny how this seems to be more of a problem mm. this season. Like I think since that Japan goal in the World Cup, it's almost like the ball itself has realised that it can kind of get away with one here. <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah, I swear this never happened in the history of football before that. That goal did change everything. It, suddenly everyone was like, if the ball's out and it's like, you can see it's like a foot away from the line. Well, the curve of the ball is like, no, come on. But I mean, of course, the goal at St. James's Park that um, Arsenal conceded as well. There was there was chat about that. But the goal stood. I do I do love it when the um, the presenter, obviously, the aforementioned Gabby Logan, said to Jarrah Bowen, I mean, did you think it was out? Did you see it? You know, I understand why they're going to ask that. And of course they're going to ask that. And if I was yeah. in the same situation, I would myself. But it's just one of those questions like, what is the guy meant to say? Yeah. Well, Joe Willock said the ball was out, which is hilariously candid. Yeah. Maybe, maybe he could say yes and instigate a really boring conversation about how we need extra cameras there even though it's something that only happens twice yeah. a season I mean well, it's this has already started isn't it twice a season but it's happened twice yeah. to Arsenal yeah. that's well, the I problem the fact, isn't it I wish Dara Bowen would say um, yes the ball did go out I think there should be a replay However, there is a conspiracy theory for me to get as many assists as possible, which will help my chances for England. And so, therefore, I'm just going to stay quiet now for the rest of my uh, interview. Mm. And then and then no further questions, Perfect. of course. Um, so, yes, I mean, Arsenal, they were top at Christmas. It's unlikely they're going to be top at, uh, into the new year, of course, Jim. None of that matters. It's all about being top um, and the final whistle of the last day of the season. Um, they head to Craven Cottage on Sunday, of course, um, the cauldron that is. Um, mm. And uh, uh, Jim, are you going to um, are you going to try and uh, avoid Hammersmith Bridge? Um, unlike those West Ham fans, of course, who crashed into it. Uh, uh, the other the other week when they went there? Um, I don't think I'll be travelling there by boat. Okay, I thought um, you might I get your dinghy no on the go. nautical experience. <laughs> um, uh, you know my history with canals, <laughs> so I don't think I'm going to make you step a, up to a river at any point. In so a little sailboat flying down the Thames. Everyone's going, there's Campbell! He's, <laughs> he's running with the wind. I reckon. Save him from himself. <laughs> he's covering himself in goose fat at the moment in a pair of Speedos yeah. to avoid any nautical problems. Yeah, that's just what he gets up to, Andrew. Yeah, probably. Yeah. 
Um, but there we are, each to their own. So yes, a great win for West Ham. Um, there's, there's, there's no doubt about that. Uh, will they sign a striker in January? Who knows? Um, but they are still, you know, they're still second in the league. I don't yeah, mean to sound exactly. patronising, but you know, it's still all to play for. I think this is this is a tougher season. But the, the, the if I just may say two quick things about this, um, as I touched upon. I think it's a form issue rather than a personnel issue. And a a lot of those players aren't playing at the level you'd expect. I think Zinchenko, as I said, um, every player, aside from Odegaard in the front line as well, just have been below par recently. Zinchenko, I'm starting to sort of worry for a little bit as he he was in an odd position for the goal, which kind of led to that mix-up. And he, he made a couple of loose passes and the crowd got on his back a little bit. And that can be a difficult thing at the Emirates. That hasn't happened in a while. And I would hate for that to, to become a thing that happens to Zinchenko because, as I said about Gabriel Jesus a little while ago, he has raised the technical level so much and he's a high-risk, high-reward player. So uh, he brings a hell of a lot of positivity that sometimes you know has that caveat to it and secondly just another thing on West Ham a thing that gets forgotten about them I think because you know they don't get as much airtime as, as a lot of sort of um, tra- traditionally you know what you might call bigger clubs um, I think it is just worth reiterating that um, I do think Bobby Moore stole that bracelet um, I think he's guilty of sin uh, I think the idea that it was a stitch up by the Colombian government is um, Jim, actually Jim. just um, probably a bit of British exceptionalism. Yeah, Lee, you're bringing that to the table. He's mm-hmm. one of England's finest ever players, and he played for Fulham as well. So shove yeah. it up your bollocks. <laughs> two nil for his own bracelets. Ham, thank up yours <laughs> should have been three. You're lucky to get away with two. West Ham are massive everywhere they go, apart from Craven Cottage, where they got hammered. So. And that's what's going to happen to Arsenal on Sunday. Who are they? Who are West Ham? How is how are both of those results possible? I don't know. I really don't know. Um, but I'll just finish off the Arsenal West Ham chat with this. West Ham are nine points off the top. Oh, were they on the verge? You can't argue with stats. Um, Brighton four, Tottenham Hotspur two. What a mad game down on the yeah. south coast. Tottenham almost fought their way back into this game, having been 4-0 down. They were going to be absolutely hammered. Then they scored a couple of late goals. Then they created loads of chances. They hit the post. It, all sorts was going on. And because there was about, I don't know, half an hour of injury time, they genuinely were still in the game. Although... Yeah. You know, as it would turn out, they would obviously go down 4-2. But a mad end to the match, Jim. Yeah, I think it's symptomatic of um, this type of time of year, isn't it? Where there's a lot of football in the legs of players. And obviously Spurs in particular are absolutely decimated by injuries. So that they're probably running on empty a little bit at this point. And it does lead to these quite quite mad contests that are very frenetic and a little bit ragged. but yeah, again, like I said recently, we're not entirely sure who Spurs are. And I think I kind of misrepresented what I what said by that, because you and Luke were both quite um, clear on who they are. And obviously that the, refers to their attacking philosophy. But I think what I mean by that is it's very hard to know like exactly what their level is, because they lose games you don't expect to, then they absolutely batter someone. They mm. want them that brilliant run of form at the start of the season. And again, obviously personnel issues are, are relevant here but they are they're fascinating to watch at the moment because you don't quite know what you're going to get from them mm-hmm. you feel like even they don't really know what they're going to get from them uh, within games and it was a fantastic contest this and obviously Purvis Estepinian possibly the player with the most satisfying name to say <laughs> in the Premier League would surely a con- contend for goal of the season mm-hmm. just because of the just because of the delightful bend on it I mean that's one of those things that you just 
you have to just take your hat off, don't you, to that? Yeah, you do. But I think it's easy to look at this game and say, you know, the ending's slightly anachronistic because, you yeah. know, that they were getting absolutely panelled. It was a 4-0 game, et cetera, et cetera. By the way, Spurs were still creating chances when Brighton were absolutely panelling them, so, mm. which I, I think is worth pointing out. But it's, it's, it's not really. This is... I, I think because we try to frame things around the biggest personalities in the game and the biggest clubs in the game, you know, I think people can look at De Terby and go, well, we know the sort of philosophy that he, he comes from. You know, look, look at you know, how he's, he's built his career on, say, Guardiola, for example. But he's not. He's him. De Terby is De Terby. And what De Terby is, is nothing if not extraordinarily reckless. And And that's what this game was. You know, even when they were... Um, playing really well, and they were so much better than Spurs. That's that's right to say, and maybe in that sense, the the score was a little bit flattering. But I think the score is fair in the fact that it reflects the fact that he just his teams play like he doesn't give a shit. And mm-hmm. I, I don't know how. Like, if you're talking about, and obviously, like Paul Barber at Brighton has been asked about this recently. Like, you know, um, there are a lot of people interested in De Terby, and he said, well, clearly. We've got a plan for if that happens because we know what size of club we are, etc., etc., etc. It's it's a little bit like Pochettino at Spurs. I think it's almost the perfect fit. Now, I would hope that that would be why Detzerbi wouldn't rush to leave Brighton because this risk embracing attitude that that he has and that has always had it's fine at Sassuolo. It's fine at Brighton. Is it fine mm-hmm. if you're the coach of? Arsenal or Chelsea like probably not to, to to be honest so just I reckon he should lap it up for as long as possible and we should lap it up for as long as possible I, I guess the thing is because Brighton have been so inconsistent in their first mm. ever European season you didn't expect a performance quite of this quality um, yeah. and they, they, they were brilliant they really deserve this I know what you mean by Deserve being a sort of a perfect fit for Brighton and you want him to stay there as long as possible we see this don't we and it's totally understandable from someone like De Zerbi, and there's lots of other examples where they're, they're at a club, we enjoy them being there, maybe a bit of inertia sets in, or even actually the performances of the team may sort of come and go because it's hard to keep it at that kind of level with a limited budget and you know the, the size of some of the Premier League clubs around you. But you think, no, 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 don't go, don't go to a, to a bigger job. But of course... If he's doing really, really well, it's it's natural yes. for Potter to go somewhere bigger. Or yes. like, dare I even say Sam Allardyce, you know, when he was at Bolton. Mm. You know, did he achieve everything he could have done at, at, at Bolton? Mm. Yeah, probably. You know, he, he great time there. And then he, he tries his hand. And you can totally understand why someone would try mm. his hand, like if a, if a club came in for De Zerbe. Um, And then they go and then it's just never sort of quite the same. And it takes a while for them to find another home sort of similar to that. So, yeah, I, I hope he stays there for as long as possible. But I totally understand it if a... If a big side comes in, a bigger side comes in rather. But for the moment, though, he is very much a Brighton man. And and Brighton, not only are they producing uh, some great football, of course, they're producing some great talent. Jack Hinshelwood's uh, performance and goal showed again uh, what they're doing down there. Just 18 years old, obviously, I got a few tweets saying, get him on the plane. They're all welcome, those kind of comments. Thank you very much. Don't worry, I'm thinking the same as you. Uh, but he looks a great player. He's got a great name, and he's from a, from a family, Jim, who have got um, a real history in the game. You've got some 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 former Brighton players in his um, in his family, and maybe one or two Palace ones as well. 
well, wow. So this is quite a sort of Shakespearean situation developing <laughs> in front of our eyes. Yeah. Let's hope it doesn't turn Macbeth. I don't know how that would play out in a footballing <laughs> context, but my goodness, I'd perish the thought, quite frankly. Um, but yeah, he, he looks a player. Going back to Spurs, though, we should point out that since the start of November, they've conceded 19 goals, the joint most in the entire league. Now, I understand you won't be concerned about that, Jim, being an Arsenal fan, but it is an issue for Spurs. You know, we've loved the attacking philosophy of Postecoglou since he's been there. But realistically, if we're all honest with ourselves, it was... that start was very much a honeymoon period and we thought, as you say, how's it going to settle down? What are they about? And it appears to be that they're in a little bit of a rut, although rut might be too strong a word. I mean, they still are fifth for crying out loud. I mean, they're only, you know, one point off Man City, although Man City have a game in hand. I suppose fifth is the ideal rut, isn't it? Given the uncertainty about the um, coefficient. I mean, it might might be good. might be a nice little place to (laughs) nestle. Yeah, I, I guess. I guess the, the other thing is though, when Jim was talking about it being form rather than personnel for Arsenal, is it's the opposite for Spurs. I mean, you look at the defense yeah. they're going into games with; it's it's really difficult, and they've they've had their problems in terms of uh, midfield personnel. Of course, Bissouma has been much more involved, but you want him to actually stay on the pitch. Um, you know, uh, Ben Tancur came back and then was set back by injury for a little bit. Um, the fact that, you know, Romero is what he is in terms of suspensions. Van der Ven's been been missing. So they kind of rebuilt the defence and then lost the, the cornerstones of it. You know, I always think we sort of slightly falsely judge goalkeepers, when, mm. especially when we look at the best teams. And I think when you look at Vicario over the last couple of months, you look, oh, he's been great, hasn't he? He's been great because he's had to make loads of saves. And, yeah. and, and that really underlines the problems they have. You know, we've talked about, do Arsenal need to buy a striker? You know, that's a question you could have a separate pod on in, in January. Whereas the question of, do Spurs need to buy an extra defender or two? That's a voice note. You know, we know exactly what they, they need to do in January. Gentlemen, Spurs uh, play Bournemouth, of course, on Sunday, who are the form team in the league. So it won't be a, it won't be an easy one for Tottenham. You have to say, uh, Son Hyun Min. It'll be his last game before heading to the Asian Cup in Qatar. He will come back, of course, but his last game uh, before he goes there with Jurgen Klinsmann. Nice to uh, to see those two team up again. Yeah, although it seems to me quite negligent that one of the Premier League's best players now has to go and be managed by Jurgen Klinsmann. <laughs> about it just doesn't seem right. <laughs> From one Tottenham man to the other. Um, Nice to see Qatar hosting another football tournament again, Jim. Yep. Um, FIFA said they wanted to bring football to the world. Yep. Um, clearly, it's taken off um, yeah, as yeah, an idea. Yeah. Uh, the plucky little sport that could. Uh-huh. Uh, and we've got egg on our faces, haven't we? We have. Because we, we all thought the whole thing was a shit idea. But yeah. now look. <laughs> I know, eh? Hey? Egg on our liberal faces. Um, uh, I'll tell you something. Woke yoke yeah. all over <laughs> our shops. <laughs> now, how about this? Trevor Sinclair... He of the overhead kick is going to be involved in the Asian Cup this year, Andy Brassel. He was a last-minute addition to the Indian national team's coaching staff. Get on that! I suspect we will be stunned by some of the personnel on the touchline. <laughs> and, that's if we do, and, that's, and that's if we don't get past Jürgen Klinsmann. Because when you were saying before how Son is going off with, with, with Klinsmann for January, it's... It's a way to word it, Andy. Yeah, it it just yeah, it, it feels like I don't want to go. I just have to go. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Sad New Year. 
Um, no, he, I mean, obviously he loves playing for his country, etc., etc. But yeah, will Klinsman be there? Imagine that if he became the first manager to do a tournament over Zoom. Over Zoom. He, he's the man to do it for me. Um, but I love the fact Trevor Sinclair is involved. A man whom I met once, we took to the stage. Andy, how about this for a, for a cocktail? <laughs> took to the stage with Trevor Sinclair and Brandon Block, oh, DJ God. Brandon Block, what? after England versus Germany in the Euros. We were hosting a venue. And we didn't get a word out because the England fans were so delighted. They were sort of in celebration, kind of tearing the place apart. <laughs> we smiled, looked at each other, and Brandon Block looked at me and went, our work here is done. And off we went. <laughs> <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, that happened, I promise you. <laughs> oh, dear. That's fantastic. Yeah, what a day um, it was. Perhaps I'll, I'll uh, maybe elaborate on um, Ramble Uncut one day. I th- yeah, I think the three of you should work together more often <laughs> if it's that effective. True enough. He didn't even have to drop a beat. Yeah. I always thought Hoddle and Waddle needed a DJ to uh, bring them into the 21st century. Yes, you see, yeah. Andy. You see. Is there a chance that Trevor Sinclair is an overhead kick coach? Oh, we now see things. On. They're very, very specialised, aren't we? Why not? Yeah. Uh, aren't they? We see like throw-in coaches and things like yeah. that. Perhaps um, are India just going to try overhead kicks over and over again? It might be really entertaining. If they do, or then you know what's going on there. They will become the most popular international side if that, that's their move. <laughs> and they're like garnachoing it into the corner and so on. It would be, be quite something. So all eyes on them, uh, everybody. Now, uh, we've got the mailbag coming at you tomorrow morning. But on Monday, we have a special New Year's ramble just for you. Myself, Luke, Vish and Jim shared our New Year's resolutions for football in 2024 and heard plenty of yours too. Here's a little taste of what to expect. One fancy dress day of the season, and you have and to come in fancy dress. Right. right, and wouldn't it be hilarious? I don't know, like Liverpool v Man United at Anfield, right? It'd be highly yeah. charged game like that. Klopp dressed as, I don't know, Santa, and, and Ten Hag, you know, dressed or as Batman. You know, and they have to shake hands at the end of the game, or they're pissed <laughs> off with each other. When Steve Cooper gets up after a defeat at home, he's going to be sacked. Yeah. He's wearing the David Brent thing. <laughs> 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 with the, with the yeah. bird's legs. Yeah, exactly. And the little pick on the top. You're sacked. Yeah. Oh, well, yeah. This is... <laughs> How's this for an idea on, on that on that note as yeah, well? build it, Jim. Build but, it. Um, one day a year, mm. comes out of a hat. Today, here's Sean Dyche, but dressed by Jurgen Klopp. Yeah, oh, you get to dress yeah, each other. Like okay, that. and that's the, that's, the, that's the third round. So, <laughs> Sean so... Dyche is a big inflatable cock and ball. He's a stag if you like the sound of that, and why the bloody Nora wouldn't you like the sound of Sean Dyche dressed as a massive cock and balls, then catch that on Monday. And of course, the ramble uh, will resume as normal on the Tuesday where you can win a telly. All right, let's have a quick break. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Every fan knows the right player in the right position can be a game changer. Put LifeLock between your identity and identity thieves to monitor and alert you to threats you could miss. Plus, with a U.S.-based restoration specialist on your team, you won't have to face drained accounts, fraudulent loans, or other losses from identity theft alone. 
all backed by the LifeLock Million Dollar Protection Package. Change the game on identity theft. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com slash aware. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. A lot of us spend our lives wishing we had more time. The question is, time for what? If I had an extra hour in the day, I might catch up on the latest football news, take a lovely walk with my dog Sammy, or maybe interview someone using an orange peel and a broken iPhone. You know, normal journalism stuff. But it's not always easy to prioritise our time, and that's where therapy can be an extra helping hand. Therapy can help you find what matters to you so you can do more of it. Untangle any unneeded worries and start to value your time for you. So if you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists at any time for no additional charge. Learn to make time for what makes you happy with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com slash ramble today to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash ramble. League One, Stevenage against Northampton Town, Mark Webber. He's Elliot List. His goal made it thrice. Reed in two minutes, then a Roberts delight. Stevenage lead Northampton 3-0. There's been a late goal in League... Welcome back to the Football Ravel, everybody. That was the uh, BBC summariser on Football Focus on Boxing Day there. My goodness, Jim, makes you... Makes you proud to be alive, doesn't it? <laughs> <laughs> it sure does. <laughs> now, everybody, little callback here um, to uh, Wednesday's show. We mentioned on Wednesday, or specifically I did, that Modern Future beat Pyramids in the Egyptian Super Cup on penalties. Well, a um, little bit more um, info for you around, uh, around all that crap. The manager of Modern Future is Ricardo Fomoshino, one of Jose Mourinho's former assistants. Come on. Get everywhere. Get Come everywhere. On. Yeah. Well, I love this because um, Mr. Mourinho called him in the middle of his press conference after the win and he answered the phone. Oh, hello, Jose Mourinho. <laughs> <laughs> Come to congratulate me, have you? No, I, I, I've got a job, thanks. Um, Andy, he's Portuguese. Do you know him? Former senior, yeah, a little bit. But I, I think it was interesting how he answered it. Very as uh, It was actually as you said. He was like, yeah. oh, hi, boss. You'll have to excuse me taking this. Would all of you like to say hello to Jose Mourinho? Like, yeah, he, brilliant. He it's the, so good. Held the phone up to the little room. <laughs> yeah. and my favourite thing about it is that this happened on Christmas Day. Oh, yeah. So like, presumably this is part of some sort of mind game that Jose Mourinho was playing with his kids. <laughs> I'm just, just going to go and communicate with someone I actually want to speak to. <laughs> someone who's actually achieved something. <laughs> you keep stuffing your faces and have a little think about that, yeah? <laughs> Yeah, I didn't think of it like that. Of course. Oh dear. Well, Andy, when I said, do you know him? You went, yeah, a little bit. Does that mean you've just been to dinner with him once? Yeah, that's right. That's right. Okay, okay. I know I know how you operate, you naughty little sausage. Now, um, oh, how about this? Aliel commented on um, on our on our YouTube video of this, and he said, I love how he starts this clip. He, 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 he's straight into it. Egyptian here. <laughs> I heard the call and I've come running um, and he went on to say Egypt is an absolute goldmine of interesting club names there's National Bank um, Ceramica Cleopatra and Grand Hotel and many many more I love it. Modern Future used to be called Coca-Cola FC um, by the way yeah that was when they used to also own 
Colin Kazim Richards, I think. Yes, they? I was going to say <laughs> the Colin Kazim Richards of, of football teams. Modern Future is a brilliant name, isn't it? They sound like an indie band, or more they actually do. maybe like an indie label even. Yeah, yeah but the fact Great. they were playing Pyramids was a lovely one as well. Yes, there's one called El Guna, which obviously is very specialised towards me, but I do like. Yes, um, but I mean, as we say, you know, it, Africa in general have got some some wonderful football names, yeah. and Europe again could learn, but it's unlikely yeah. we, we're going to change any of the names unless Red Bull come in. Mm. Let's be Bar- honest. Yeah, Barbados still has my favourite team name, which is Insurance Management Bears. <laughs> really, there's a real twist at the end of that, isn't there? <laughs> yeah, they're not very old, oh, well, they are. Um, anyway, back to the Premier League, everybody. Manchester City versus Sheffield United on Saturday at three o'clock. Manchester City have a chance to go level with Arsenal. They've they've missed a little bit of football in the Premier League due to the Club World Cup. They've not had a great time this season, and yet they yeah. will almost certainly win this game of football and be level with your beloved Arsenal, Jim. They probably will. The plucky underdogs are on the charge again. They are. Um, yeah. It's, uh, it's it, just, I mean, Sheffield United are in dire, dire straits at the moment, aren't they? It was interesting seeing Chris Wilder's comments about how um, it wasn't down to bad luck that they conceded those two own, own goals. Mm-hmm. He seemed absolutely furious. And I think he's, um, um, I guess, the, the, the one hope you might have um, for any anybody who would like to see City drop points, such as myself, um, <laughs> is that maybe Chris Wilder can just put a number of rockets into a number of anuses and uh, inspire... <laughs> of the Man City players, presumably. <laughs> <laughs> and it just massively puts them off, I suppose. Well, that's they're going to have to grind, aren't they? They're going to have to really, really grind to get something here, but you would expect City to just have yeah. an absolute um, carnival. Well, a bit really, of bump and they, grind, Andy. What, what, yeah, what, what they really need is to uh, take their lead Sheffield United from... I guess the ultimate Manchester City versus Sheffield United clash because it was in this game at Main Road probably about 30 years ago that uh, Vinnie Jones got the quickest booking in top flight history. He uh, ah. put, put in a late tackle on the centre circle at kickoff. Um, obviously got a, still late. Amazing. Yeah, that's, it, that's quite impressive. Isn't he it? got a second oh. one to complement it later when when <laughs> Sheffield United had that um, lime green strip. And um, yeah, I, I, I think if they can lead like that. At least they'll leave an impression. An impression indeed. Well, uh, Manchester City, of course, were back to winning ways when they beat Everton 3-1 at Goodison Mm. Park. Pep Guardiola has said his players have the hunger to retain the title in their bones, Andy Brassel. In their bones. And they were were really good uh, in a game which, you know, as um, Luke was saying the other day, you know, they've not lost, a City haven't lost to Everton for a bit, but you still have the memory of all those games where City couldn't get a point at Goodison Park and the fact that Everton have been in great nick since the the point deduction Um, but I think like when they conceded the goal they just didn't let it change anything about the way they were playing and I I think that was the thing they almost just ignored it you know they didn't react to it in in any way you know you think you know goals cause reactions I don't think it did in the case of Manchester City they kept on playing as well as they that that they were before Um, they didn't really miss Holland which is good because he's going to be out for a few more weeks Um, and they they were just excellent again really it feels Mm. we talked about the idea of the Club World Cup being a sort of well, Vish talked about it being a holiday for them, and and we yeah. we talked about it at least being a like mental break from the Premier League, and it, it felt that this this felt proper old City, and I do think like some of the results in the first part of the season for City have been a little bit misleading, but they do feel ready to give it both barrels again, don't they? 
Yeah, I mean, it, it did seem like a holiday for the majority of Manchester City and their players and, and staff and so on. Uh, although not Carl Walker, who got in a bit of a scrap, of course, with Felipe Melo. Well, isn't that Prince on holiday? That a lot lately. Yeah, perhaps. Well, uh, he also um, needed to be restrained by Pep Guardiola and co. when he tried to have a go at Everton assistant Ian Wone. And there was a bit of pushing and shoving and so on. So Carl Walker seems quite angry these days, Jim. He does. And maybe that's how he keeps up his pace. Is it just rage? A certain level of rage. Is that or the rocket that Chris Wilde has given Mm. to him? One of the two. Jason Statham will play him in the movie one day. (laughs) Ah, yes, I could could see that. Um, Phil Foden, of course, impressed against Everton. Did you see Gianni Infantino recently singled out Phil in an Instagram story saying that he is proof that youth competitions progress players' careers? Now, whether Infantino's right or wrong, and I know that he is ultimately right now the king of football, sadly... You don't want to be singled out by him. At Poor any Phil. Point, yeah. Poor not Phil. Even, not even yeah. for praise. It makes no. it sound like you are complicit with all this nonsense, isn't it? <laughs> like you're the poster boy for what, what his vision of what football should be, which is clearly like, deranged and horrible and evil. I mean, um, what an extraordinary thing to claim when it's obvious that he's the ultimate Guardiola product. Uh, if, if you're yeah, Pep Guardiola, yeah. maybe you don't give a shit what Gianni Infantino thinks, but you're definitely sitting there thinking, what? What Infantino is is the ultimate bald fraud. Let's be honest. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely, yeah. completely. But Foden's come from a really sort of really good academy, coached by Guardiola. This is you're completely right. It's just a, a nonsense thing to, to claim. His goal against Everton. I just, yeah. Fuck. Yeah. yeah. Special yeah, yeah. source that. Can I just bring it back to them saying that they've got that winning feeling in their bones or whatever it was? Mm. Does that not sound like an admission of doping to you? <laughs> that needs to be investigated. <laughs> Ah, there it is, everybody. (laughs) Let us move on very swiftly to Crystal Palace versus Brentford, Saturday at 3pm. Now, Roy Hodgson was seen spitting on the floor in disgust after Palace conceded a late penalty to lose at Stamford Bridge on Wednesday. What a contrast to the previous emotion. Well, yeah, well, much like the whole thing where it looked like he was laughing at Guardiola, uh, but he was just laughing at something else and it looked like that on the camera. With this, he was actually spitting out the skull of a little mouse. I love it. Does it not suggest that he was laughing at Guardiola? Because they conceded a penalty and that was his reaction. If he also laughed in that moment, we would kind of go, oh, he's got some weird thing where if a penalty is awarded, it like his his sort of Pavlovian responses to laugh for some reason. Yeah, fine. Whereas, no, 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 no. The two emotions that he possibly displayed were correct. Do you know what I mean? Like they, they, the context and everything suggests that that's what it was. Um, but I tell you what, though, you don't want to be in uh, in Ray's sphere. Uh, sorry, Roy's sphere, or Ray also, uh, Andy, when he, when he's angry, because we know he can be um, he can be quite the tough guy. Yeah, I, I, I suppose so. I, th- I think it was more the manner rather than any sense of injustice that he's he's, mm. he's felt recently. Um, yeah. Because Palace were quite close to nicking. Well, let's be honest, would have been an undeserved point, and um, you know they, they 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 just couldn't quite couldn't quite get it over the line. But I mean, this was this was kind of Chelsea in a in a nutshell. This was good Chelsea. I thought they were, they were really good for, for for large parts of of this. And Mihailo Mudrik is is looking in great nick at at the moment, which is obviously good for them. Um, but they're doing that thing where they manage to pass up so many chances to to put the game away, which they've done at even their best parts of the season. Um, Chelsea have when they've been playing well. Chelsea have sort of found a way to 
not make that dominance count on paper and they almost mm. sort of did the ultimate expression of that. I, I, I feel like Palace are still in quite a bad place at the moment. Yeah, Palace are, are not pulling up any trees, it's fair to say. They're 15th, you know, just to take their last six Premier League games, three draws, three losses. It's not great. There are links or there are rumours, should I say, linking Steve Cooper to the job. Andy, what do you make of that? I mean, I would say it's probably unlikely that Hudson would get the sack, but you never know in the Premier League. Yeah. Managerial merry-go-round. If, if, it, if it gets a little bit worse, I, th- I think they will. Oh, that would be yeah. sad, wouldn't it? It, it, well, it would, yeah. but I don't think he's immune from that at all, Marcus. I really don't. Just even with his history there, but it's, the slide is pretty bad, isn't it? And essentially, you've got you know Everton are going to motor away. Luton look like they've got something about them. Forest have got a new manager. They are in real danger of getting sucked into that. I mean, it's the Luton thing, Jim, that's putting pressure on both of these teams, on mm. both of Palace or Brentford. I think there are, you know, there 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 are moments for both of them. I think they're in a, they're in a fairly similar position in 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 the Premier League, even though the clubs are in a, a slightly different space. In the Neither of them are ever going to qualify for Europe, and you feel in in most seasons they're probably not in danger of going down either, which is this really weird netherworld to mm. to inhabit. And maybe Palace are grateful of the company having Brentford there next to them now. Who who, who knows? But I, I think there's always this little bit where, and Brentford are in it at the moment as well, where you have a little bad run and it starts to it starts to creak. And I would I would have to say when you look at the players that are available to Palace, and especially the fact that Elise is back in the team and in absolutely brilliant form. I mean, we talked about like, what would have been an undeserved draw. The goal that Elise scored definitely would have deserved to take a point. That was a, that was a brilliant goal yeah, and, and really yeah, yeah. really indicative of of the level of quality that that he's got. But I, I guess when you have got that sort of quality, you look at him, you look at Eze. It's it's really difficult to justify. Like their their lack of progress, I, I, mm. I suppose. Even 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 yeah. though the end of last season was was really yeah. heady. So if you were talking about these teams being in a, a sort of similar sort of position, I would say in terms of the the managers, Thomas Frank is, despite the history that Hodgson has got with Palace, Thomas Frank is on safer ground. Four defeats on the spin at the moment, and mm. Luton are four points off them. Yeah, I'm not, I'm not talking about the results. I'm talking about where they 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 are at the the moment. Now, look, Brentford have got a, a load to deal with because you know they've got um, the injury to Mbomo. Um, they've got um, players going off to African Cup of Nations. Visser I, the, being one of them. Yeah, they're they're, they're going to need a, a busy January, even with Ivan Tony coming back. Presuming they don't sell him, I, I think the position they are actually. There's been a lot of speculation linking in with Arsenal. Obviously, they, they can't sell him at the moment, can they? I mean, mm. they're not in a position. If they'd have got say, I, I, I don't know, seven points out of those last four games rather than none maybe that would be a different discussion but where Brentford are at the moment I don't think they can afford to sell Tony can they no yeah it'd be interesting when he comes back for obvious reasons but yeah even on that note as well um yeah I I don't think Thomas Frank's in danger of losing his job unless they have an absolute disaster and with regards to Roy well if if it was going to happen I I would hope that he, he 
you know, he flies from the nest before he's um, he's pushed, quite frankly. So there we are. Right then, chaps, it's time for the Football Ramble Acker with Betfair. With Betfair this season, you can build your football accumulators with their 90-minute payout, where all winning selections will be paid out at 90 minutes on their match odds 90 markets, regardless of what happens in added time. So today and every Friday, we're building an Acker of four match odds 90 bets from across the Premier League. All three of us got our picks wrong last Friday, so we're hoping to bounce back. Andy, you're up first. I'm going for Brentford to win at Crystal Palace. Um, Both of these are way out of form at the moment. But I think with Brentford, I couldn't actually play worse than they... or They couldn't actually defend worse, I think, more accurately than they defended against uh, Wolves. So maybe that's the the kick up the backside that they need to go and get a result at Sellers Park. Mm. Jim, what have you got? I've gone for Aston Villa to beat Burnley at home. Now, this may seem like a really easy pick, but in my last couple of picks, someone has got sent off and absolutely ruined any chance I've had of being right. So I'm trying to go for a, trying to go for a bit of a banker here. Uh, and I think Villa at home against Burnley, especially after they drop points against Sheffield United, will be, will be keen to just get that buried nice and quickly. Yes, indeed. Uh, Luke Moore has our third pick, and he had this to say. I absolutely loved... The front four of Nottingham Forest against Newcastle United last time out. As a result, I think they're going to do the business over one step forward, one step back, Manchester United at the city ground. So my pick is Nottingham Forest to beat Manchester United. I think they can do it. Possibly under the lights, possibly not. I can't remember what time the kickoff is. But it gets dark early this time of year, so let's say the lights are going to be on anyway. The lights are important. Do it for the lights, all of the lights, Nottingham Forest to beat Man United. That's it. And a partridge in a pear tree. And he has a go at you for leaving long voice notes, Andy, when you're not in the the studio. Um, Thank you, Luke. And I'm going for a draw between Wolves and Everton. So there we are. Uh, Brentford to beat Palace, Villa to beat Burnley, Forest to beat Manchester United and Wolves and Everton to draw. A £10 bet with Betfit on that returns £310.31. And if we win, all that money will go to Prostate Cancer UK. Plus, for every stoppage time goal in the Premier League this weekend, Betfair will donate £10 to Prostate Cancer UK. We've already raised £450 this season alone from that. Remember, with Betfair this season, when you place a bet on their match odds 90 markets, your winning bet will be paid out in full at 90 minutes. Any bets that are winning at 90 minutes but are then undone by some stoppage time drama won't be affected, and that's the same for our Ramble Acker every week. Exclusive to Betfair Sportsbook, T's and C's apply. Um, you've got to be over 18 to get involved, and for more information on responsible gambling, head to BeGambleAware.org. Dean Smith also says you're an encyclopedia of football. A what? An encyclopedia of football. I don't know what that means. Yes, it's Jack's Encyclopedia. And for the last one of the year, it's a big title bout. Because, of course, Jim won last week to take the lineal belt from Marcus. Is he going to take it back? We're going to find out. I hope so. Oi! Right, that's minus one for you already. It's a simple game of categories, everyone. If you go too slow, I'll pay, play Gary Neville's orgasm, of course, which will leave you uh, seven seconds to answer. You know the drill. I really love the first category here. I wanted to ask you, actually, are you going to Fulham Arsenal together on Sunday? That is the plan, as far as I understand it. He may have <laughs> mugged me off. 
yeah. between now and then as some sort of mind game. I think we'll we'll see how this. the next uh, little while goes. Oh, well, no, obviously that go. that will that will affect the conversation on Sunday. Certainly, your question one is surely I'm up first because Jim's the belt holder. I haven't even asked asked the category yet. For that, yeah. Jim goes first. Players that have signed for both Arsenal and Fulham since 1990. So that's signed for the two of them. They don't necessarily have to have made an appearance. There are 16 players. So as in signed between the clubs? Signed for both Fulham and Arsenal. They don't have to have directly gone between those okay. two clubs. Okay, okay. Um, if I could play the seven seconds now, I'd, I'd do it, but my finger won't reach that far. Um, <laughs> I'm going to make it across to the button once I've asked Jim to give his first answer. 16 possible answers. He played for both Arsenal and Fulham since 1990. Jim Campbell. Uh, I'm going to go for an obvious one. Willian. Ooh. Yes. Burnt Leno. Yes. Um, Cedric Suarez. Nice. Very good. Luis Baramorte. Sim, sim. <laughs> Philippe Senderos. Ah. Excellent. That's a good one. Love that. Um, oh, what's his name? Callum Chambers. Very good. Oh, that's a good one. Ah. It's Torres oh! to give Chelsea a place in the Champions League final. The headline has been written. Spells with a chance to steal mm-hmm. and go 1 0 up. There's one I cannot believe you're not getting here. Yeah, I know. It's Torres oh! to give Chelsea a place in the Champions League final. The headline has been written. Oh, so near, but so far. Here we go again. I can't believe this. Might this is a shocker. So yes. we've got one more go each, Flipping gents. Is- um, we're okay. going to start with Jim. Back to Jim. In right. <laughs> so close, Jim. I, I think that was a sensible punt because, of course, he has played for a lot of clubs. Ian Wright. Fulham yeah. is not one of them. Yeah, I know that. Back to you, Marcus C. Speller. Please I'm, help I'm me so out annoyed. here. Andy, help I'm me so out. sorry. I dread you getting this wrong. Okay, I'm getting it wrong, Andy. It's time. Ah, you see, I, d- I did something that was very bad, actually, there. Because this is the final um, Jack's Encyclopedia of the Year, and I want to see a winner. I don't know if the listeners feel the same. I said you're going to dread getting this wrong. Alex Awobi! Alex Awobi! Oh, oh, uh, the, other, the other ones you could have had uh, were Andy Cole, Emmanuel Frimpong, oh. Charlie Hartfield, Julian Gray, Junichi Inamoto, uh, Mika Biret, Hui oh. uh, Font, the lesser-known lesser known Font brother, uh, Stephen Hughes, or Thomas Eyes felt. Wow. Yeah, I mean, Iwobi's the one, isn't it? It's so annoying yeah. because when somebody says somebody from another era, you kind of go, oh, I'll, I'll check that era in my head. Yeah. And then you kind of go, oh, and you're going between yes. eras. And, it's like, yes. and then your brain just goes, stop it, stop it. Nothing's coming through now. Yes, yeah. it's true. And then everybody looks silly. Everybody loses. Well, look, <laughs> look as we always say, um, when we've conceded a goal in uh, five sides, still nil-nil, lads. Still nil-nil. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so uh, category two... 
and spells you will be starting uh, teams that have been top of the Premier League at Ooh. Christmas. Ooh. There are 11 okay. of these. Perhaps that's Ooh. a surprise to you. Perhaps it's not. Can you yeah. lead us out the gate, please, Marcus Christopher Speller? <laughs> Arsenal. Correct. Man City. Let me see. Yes, it's correct. <laughs> Manchester United. Yes. Chelsea. Yes. Liverpool, surely. Oh, I'm really enjoying the pace of this one. It's back to you, Jim. Very good. Leicester City. Yes. Ooh. Good. Um, Newcastle United. Oh, twice, yes. Kevin Keegan's Newcastle United. Blackburn Rovers. Yes. Like it. Uh, Aston Villa. Oh, he's cooking with gas. Ooh, okay. Jim to stay in it. Now it gets tough, doesn't it? How many left, Andy? He's Two. Stolen, Andy. Stalling. Two. Two. Who had? Who started the season like a runaway freight train only to drive off a cliff? Oh, Jim, so close. Marcus is the winner uh, of that category. Uh, the two you missed out were Leeds, Norwich? Leeds United. Norwich, 1993. Yeah. Norwich. Yes. Villa should have twigged like, <clears throat> Yeah, maybe think of Norwich. Yeah, Jeremy Goss has given close. you a big thumbs up at the moment, <laughs> Marcus. So we Jeez go to that. category three, um, where Marcus can take back his lineal belt. If. Should have had it with Alex Iwobi. Should be on my belt now, Andy. Should be all, so should I have, though, to be fair. <laughs> Anyway, category three is English managers that have won a major domestic trophy in the Premier League era. So that's one of the Premier League, the FA Cup or the League Cup since the 92-93 season. Do we even have more than two? Answers? I can't believe there are a whole six. A whole six uh, in the in the so Premier remember, League era. They've won a major uh, major domestic league trophy in the Premier League era. So that's since 92-93 uh, started. And it's got to be one of the Premier League, the FA Cup or the League Cup. Jim Campbell, give me one. Jesus Christ. Um... <laughs> that's, is that an answer? <laughs> <laughs> Definitely not English, Jim. <laughs> Paul Clement? What is that no. about? <laughs> oh my that is not correct. With Swansea, did he not? I've got my finger hovering over the button, Marcus. Do you know what? I'm going to win it. I mean, there's a number of opportunities. Number, but as he managed England before, I'm going to go for Steve McLaren. Uh, Marcus Speller wins. Yes, he's got I his little belt back. back. There I he goes. Had, Andy, I'm going to do. I'm going to do four of the remaining five, if you may, if I may. This is what you're show up against. Off. Go yeah, on. This is look. Mm. It's my. Um, Christmas per, um, merineum as well. So he could have had Harry Redknapp. Yes. Could have had uh, Joe Royal. Yes. Could have had Ron Atkinson. Yes. And could who was the other one I had? Allardyce, uh, surely. League no, Cup. not Allardyce. Um, Did not win a League Cup? Oh, my oh no, they lost that final, didn't they? I mean, it's clear yeah. the League Cup's doing a lot of heavy lifting here. Let me put you yeah. out of your misery. Uh, Roy yep. Evans, League Cup in 1995. And the following yep. year, the League Cup was won by Brian Little and Aston Brian Little, Villa. yeah. Right. Funnily enough, Roy Evans was the one I didn't actually have, uh, who perhaps was the most obvious one managing Liverpool. Yeah, but now Andy's read them out. You've got them all. Yeah, so, there, yeah well done. There you go. <laughs> uh, there, there's your belt. Don't put it on before you take the keys out. No, of course, and and I and I appreciate you saying that as well, because mm. um, that would be that would be negligent of me. So um, can't uh, believe I wasted a whole piece of paper for this. <laughs> <laughs>
<laughs> well, funnily enough, actually, um, on the mailbag tomorrow, um, English managers uh, are, are, are under the spotlight. So, oh. so, so do uh, tune in uh, for that on your podcast tuner. Um, but thank you very much to, for listening to the Football Ramble preview show, uh, sponsored by Betfair, part of the ACAST Creator Network. Of course, do follow us on X, formerly known as Twitter and perhaps will be known as Twitter again one day, uh, TikTok, YouTube and Instagram uh, at Football Ramble. And don't forget to subscribe on your podcast app. I would say the keys are in the lock, but of course the gate's been open for quite a long time and it continues to be, <laughs> uh, of course. So don't abuse that, everybody. Uh, thanks very much for listening. We do appreciate it. Laura Love, uh, thank you very much, Jim Campbell. Thank you. Thank you, Andy Brassel. Thank you. And thank you, Steve McLaren. See you tomorrow <laughs> for the mailbag. <laughs> Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you, with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Spin your passion into a business with Shopify and break sales records with the world's best converting checkout. Let's hear that one more time. The world's best converting checkout. Shopify's legendary checkout makes it easier for customers to shop on your website, across social media, and everywhere in between. Now that's music to your ears. Any way you spin it, you can be a smash hit with Shopify. Start your dollar a month trial today at shopify.com records. Don't you love an extra $100 in your pocket? Have a TurboTax expert file your taxes for you by March 31st to get $100 back instantly. Because no matter what moves you made last year, TurboTax makes them count. That means getting $100 back and 100% accurate taxes only from Intuit TurboTax. Must file by 331. Credit only applicable to federal filing fees with TurboTax full service. Offer can be modified or terminated at any time. Every fan knows the right player in the right position can be a game changer. Put LifeLock between your identity and identity thieves to monitor and alert you to threats you could miss. Plus, with a U.S.-based restoration specialist on your team, you won't have to face drained accounts, fraudulent loans, or other losses from identity theft alone. All backed by the LifeLock Million Dollar Protection Package. Change the game on identity theft. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com aware. Hello Ramblers and happy holidays. As Marcus mentioned earlier in the show, we are giving away no less than three 50-inch Toshiba Fire QLED TVs. To enter the prize draw, just enter lnk.to forward slash ramble competition into your web browser. That is lnk.to forward slash ramble competition. Then pop in your email address and you are done. Plus, if you sign up to the Football Ramble Patreon, you will be entered twice. And we... All of being entered twice. Well, and <laughs> please know that only UK listeners are eligible to enter. We'll announce the first winner on Tuesday, January the 2nd. A very good luck to you. The Football Ramble is a stack production and part of the Acast Creator Network.